this out. Well, good afternoon, folks. Uh, this is uh, Steve, and Pastor Paul's here uh, today. Good afternoon, Pastor Paul. Good afternoon, Steve. So uh, we are here doing the Foundations podcast for this week. And uh, last week, we uh, just kind of recap. We had uh, Cheryl uh, uh, the, the come in and talk about her actually giving birth to her baby actually after she had experienced being raped actually and then but she'd made the decision to have her baby and that was great we uh um we were happy with that and it was a good thing and um one, one of the things that she said that kind of kind of we drew out of the uh, the testimony was that uh she had a voice speaking to her right and it, well, she has something was telling her if you don't, if you go with this guy, if you go to this next whatever, you're going to get pregnant. Yes. And we, as we discussed last week, we were talking about that's the Holy Spirit speaking to her. And so, um, and the, the thing here is, is that today what we're going to start talking about, and I guarantee this is not going to be the only podcast on this because there's this is such a vast amount of study and a vast amount of information here that we as Christians need to absorb. Uh, we're talking about temptation, temptation. So, um, and Pastor, let's just take take it right off the top. What is temptation? Well, temptation is when we are tempted, in other words, when we have this desire to do something that God says we should not do in the Word. Okay. I mean, it, it, whether that's not doing what God wants us to do or to do something that He says that's sinful. Yeah, yeah. So so tempting is like this, this, I want to say desire, it could be desire, but... We are tempted, in other words, drawn to committing sin. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I, I, there's a Bible verse that says it, and it talks about that. Well, we, we know that the Bible verse says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But who all is tempted? Well, I mean, you know, I, well, I... Well, I would, everybody's tempted. I mean, even if a person's not a Christian, they still experience temptation. Okay. But if we're talking about it from a believer's standpoint, there is a, uh, a temptation that every every Christian experiences, and that and some of that's based on environment. It's not all of that. Yeah. But but there's temptations to not obey God. And so when we say not obey God, let's say you see all kinds of things in God's Word about prayer. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you uh, from pastoral experience, uh, almost 40 years, that most of God's people don't pray. That's true. So that's a temptation. Every time you think about prayer and you're like, oh, I'm just too tired. What is it? That's temptation. Yeah. Uh, or maybe going to church. These are simple things. You know, yeah, I, I got up intending to go, but all of a sudden, uh, all that sudden, that's temptation. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, and someone says, well, how serious is that? Well, it can be serious. Mm -hmm. And and obviously when we're talking about temptation, you know, we can also make a distinction between what women are tempted with and what men are tempted with can sometimes be different. Sure. But yet some of those things can cause temptation in other people yes. based on what they do. So it's really a fascinating subject. Okay, so so temptation is okay. So in other words, everybody is tempted. Yes. No, and, and there's a there's a good verse where uh, uh, that's First uh, Corinthians ten. Okay. Thirteen, where he says, "No temptation 
has overtaken you, but such as common to man. The common and, to and man. one of the things that I've had to, to deal with people on is they think what they're tempted with is special, that it's unique, that 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 it's just me. No, that's not true. <laughs> and uh, it's common to man. But he said, God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way escape so that you will be able to endure it. Okay, now let's take that verse. So, so everybody is, you know, you're experiencing temptation. But he also said, okay, that is common to man. Nothing's new in this mm-hmm. book. Um, and so if you're feeling a temptation to do this, that, or the other thing, it's, it's common. I mean, it's, it's been there before. Other people have experienced it. Uh, but God says that he would make a way of escape. Yes. And so, yeah, well, they, oh, go, go ahead, go well, ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, one of the things he said he would make a way uh, for you uh, to escape, he said, so that you'll be able to endure it. And I just wanted to pay emphasis on that word endure, that, you know, we don't overcome temptation, whether it's habitual temptations that we face. Uh-huh. Some temptations are just things that come up occasionally. But let's, I think most of what we're going to talk about is the stuff that we deal with on an everyday basis. Yes, okay? things that are, are... Those things don't just go away casually. So what, what you're trying to tell me is that once I get saved, I don't, uh, all of a sudden, all the temptations and desire to sin just totally leaves me, and I never have to worry about that. I wish that was the case. Okay. I wish that was the case. In fact, if it, like I've told people uh, that have come to the Lord and they accepted Jesus... And, and yes, they experienced a great deliverance and the sin that some people stopped, you know, habits that they had that were sinful. It's just like sure. they went away. And then I've had people say, man, I got all these new problems now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have a fight. And by the way, this is part of our spiritual warfare. Okay. Uh, the Bible speaks about it in Ephesians 6, I believe 2 Corinthians 10. Okay. And, uh, and, and, you know, so the believers, you know, warfare is with the devil, his kingdom. Yes. And, uh, and, and by the way, they're defined there in Ephesians 6 as his schemes. And, uh, and so, you know, part of our warfare is resisting temptation. Mm-hmm. So if we can look at temptation as a sin war, uh, I, think it, I think it crystallizes a little bit more in our mind of why it's important for us to not only know what we're tempted with, but how to uh, overcome it. Okay. And God has something to say about that. Okay, now Ephesians six twelve. for we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, this is in the NKJV, of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. It says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then it goes on stand, therefore, etc., etc. But what we're talking about is, is that we have to come under an understanding that after you get saved, you see, the devil don't worry about you when you're not saved. I mean, well, I mean, he does whatever he does, but I mean, he's not concerned about the the person who's not a Christian, who's just going out and sinning. That's what they do. They're sinners. They go and sin. But when you give your heart to God, when you turn your life over to Jesus, we are, we have a battle that we have to deal with. Yes, we do. And notice that evil day. I believe that's temptation. That's what yeah. he's talking about. One of the armor that that is mentioned and, uh, and uh, and for anyone that's listening to this, that and we do realize that we have people from Bible colleges that have, you know, yeah, and, uh-huh. and some that have graduated and stuff like that. And we're, sure. we're so thankful that you're here with us. But one of the interesting things is Paul is drawing the armor of God from a passage in Isaiah. And what's interesting is there's a few pieces of that armor that Isaiah did not mention. Okay. And uh, but Paul brings in and uh, and one of them is a shield of faith. The shield of faith. And he said you'll be able with a shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay. Talking about the principalities and powers, the devil, his kingdom. Okay. And I and I and what I believe the shield of faith. This is what I my interpretation of it, or at least what I believe when you study the the hermeneutics of it. The shield of faith is the word of God that's in my heart 
that I'm living out of my daily life that's coming out of my mouth. Okay. It's like Jesus resent, resisted temptation of the garden by speaking God's word yes. to the to the devil. Yeah. And I think that's what we do in temptation. We have we need to hide God's word in our heart, so that when temptation comes from the heart, we speak those words out. And what does it do? It quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay. And what are some of those fiery darts? I think some of them are temptation. Oh yes. It's just temptation to to sin against God to do what God said not to do okay and you just mentioned something uh, uh, i'm not sure where is it where we see the temptations of jesus what is that in that Matthew? would be luke, that would be uh well you find it there you can also find it in luke i believe three or four okay let's, you would ask me a question I don't know. okay i'm sitting there thinking that's about okay. that just for a second i believe that's uh uh well you can like i said you can find it and uh well help if i just go back here and I believe it's in Luke chapter uh, 4. Luke 4. Uh, well, here's it's also in Matthew 4. We can look at it there. And because uh, right here in verse 1, it says Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, I, I like uh, I like Mark's gospel uh, account of this. Jesus was driven by the Spirit. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was driven by the Spirit. That, you know, but, but also, understand this. I put myself in a position to where I'm walking with God especially in areas of prayer, uh, going to church, reading and studying my Bible, the witness of the Spirit can be somewhat overpowering. Yes. Not overpowering, but just forceful. Okay. And so he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And notice this, to be tempted by the devil. Yeah. And so just reading this one, it says, uh, after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And what does he do? He quotes out of the, uh, the uh, Deuteronomical passage. He said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. By the way, every scripture he, he quoted was from Deuteronomy. Okay, from Deuteronomy. Yeah, so, yeah. Now, uh, I want to just, just take it. Now, this is the first temptation. Yes. The first temptation of Jesus was that the devil appealed to his appetite. Yes. Oh, I mean, this is this is something right there that we needed. So this is at the level that the devil is trying to tempt him at his yeah, it, appetite. Yeah, and that's where... Things my, that he's naturally, like he's, he, he wants to eat. Yeah, and, and that's, by the way, eating is normal. Okay. But part of the temptation... Well, really what the temptation is, is it's it's using his appetite so that he will abuse God's grace and power. And um, and, uh, and and because that's what it would have been. It would have been he was he was tempting him to do something that would not be led by the spirit, something that would not be from God mm -hmm. and make this stone become bread. Yeah. Okay, so he appealed to his appetite with the first temptation. Now let's let's and I, I don't we well, let's let's just take a look at the other two. So the devil takes him up and I'm reading out of Luke too here on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Which is that amazing. That God he was God in the flesh man. He could just in his mind to see everything. But at, at the same time, the devil's here want the temptation. Uh, the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me if if I give it to you whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship, okay, hold on a second here. You see, it turns it around. Your version probably has two, oh, okay. No, you, no, you, you skipped down one. Okay, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. well, the second temptation is the devil took him into a holy city, okay. Jerusalem, and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command. And by the way, this is a quote out of Psalm okay, 91. Different. Okay, go ahead. And, uh, and he will command his angels concerning you and, uh, and their hands that will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And notice here, um, as we call Satan, the, the original cherry picker of Scripture. Sure, yes. And uh, so he uses the Word of God. Uh, I said I wasn't going to do it. Anyway, uh, and we see a lot of this today. We see a lot of people abusing Scripture yes. to justify all kinds of, of things that God has 
said is sinful and wrong. And, uh, and, and if I, you know, one of the big ones right now is the affirmation of same-sex marriage. We've got high-profile preachers who are redefining uh, uh, passages in the Old and the New Testament to mean something other than what their context says they mean. And that's no different from what the devil did when he took it from Psalm 91. Yeah. And, of course, that concept is that he who dwells in the wow. secret place yeah. of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. And, uh, and so the one that has set his love upon me, that's how, uh, you know, that's mm. worded. And then he takes all of that. And then he says, you know what, let's, 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 well, let's not talk about our devotion to God. Let's not talk about how that God wants a divine relationship that I would abide in him and his word would abide in me. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. God promised you protection. Just, just jump. Just jump. Just, because this is what he says. Just jump take... off of it. So at what level of, uh, as in Jesus personally, what level is he tempting him at at this point? This well, would have, you know, we talk about the appetites that we're talking here. And then here, is this, is it tempting his fate or his faith? Well, uh, is, you know. Well, Jesus quoted, said, you shall not put the Lord to the test. So. You shall not tempt the Lord yeah, your you don't, God. You don't tempt him. That's what he was saying. You don't tempt God. You don't take the word of God and say, well, this is what God promised. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go out here and do something crazy. Yeah. And God's going to meet me. That's not the way it works. We walk with God in closeness. We're led by the Holy Spirit. One of the things you know that Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit is because every time he's tempted, what happens? The word of God comes out of his mouth. Yes. And then, then that's the one that you were dealing with when he took him on a high mountain, showed yes. him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time, and said, "If you, all you got to do, uh, by the way, quit quoting scripture now." Yeah, here we go. <laughs> he said, uh, "All these things I'll give you if you'll fall down and worship me." And what Jesus said, "Go, Satan." Now this is when he had enough of it. Yeah. And he said, "For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only." And, so he uh, was tempting him there. Yes. With power, yes, power, and fame, fame, fortune, uh, you know, basically a shortcut. You don't need to go to the cross. I'll just give you all this stuff. Yeah. And by the way, Satan, to some degree, understood what his mission was. Now I know that he probably didn't have a perfect revelation of it. I'm not saying that because it does say that if if, if they would have known what they what his plan was, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I, I get that. Yeah. But, but he knows he's the son of God. Mm -hmm. And so he's offering a shortcut to get there. Okay. Now, I don't think he understood the cross, but I, but I, but he's offering him a shortcut. He knows he has a mission. Yeah. So, okay. So here, what we have here in this particular section of Jesus being tempted with his own, appetites we have jesus being tempted well actually with a twisting of scripture yeah twisting of scripture uh, a perversion of scripture shall and, we say and, and most of that is probably going to happen when you go to the wrong type of church listen to the wrong kind of preacher on the on 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 youtube okay that's pretty much where you're going to encounter that and then lastly power fame temptation ego yeah and, and you know how many people have sold out to that and, and you know and let's look at it on a different level right here let's think about churches in general mm -hmm. how many pastors have sold out by not ministering God's Word avoiding things that cause controversy because they don't want to lose people in their church yes that's oh, absolutely. That's temptation. That's temptation. And, and that's well, and that's drawn because of what? Money. Yeah, money. Power. I, I don't. I, I want, recognition. I want my salary. I want my recognition. I don't want people to leave my church. Yeah. I want it to be bigger. I want everybody to see me. My question, you know, this is a question I've had for some time in my mind. Why is it so important to pastors that they have huge crowds? Well, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not saying that every mega church has this problem. No, 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 no. But you see, the thing is, is that when we strive for, when we measure the success of a church or of our church, any church, we measure it by, well, how many did you have in your Oh, when I go to meetings, how many, yeah, how many meetings that's the first question have? that people ask me. How many people did you have this Sunday? How many people did you have? I don't know. What What about Jesus? I mean, you think anybody asked him that question around the cross when I yeah. had four people? Well, so so when, when is he more successful? When he has four or he has a thousand or when gobs of people li- uh, left him because he pressed him on commitment? Which is more successful? Which is more fruitful? Yeah. I think it's a, a ridiculous way of measuring ministry. Yes, we want people to get saved. We want people to oh, come absolutely. to our churches. I mean, certainly, I'm not saying that, but that's not the definition of how God looks at things. Well, the, the, the question is, how do you measure your success as a pastor. I measure my success as a pastor by following what I believe the Holy Spirit leads me in as I study scripture in its yeah. context and we present the message of God's word and we don't hold anything back. Well, you see, yeah, and absolutely. Because absolutely. that's what I'm going to answer to God for. Yes. I mean, that's what, I mean, I will. I, even James talks about that as it relates to teachers will have stricter judgment. I will answer, and, and, and by the way, Foundation Podcast will do the same. Mm-hmm. We will answer to God for what content we gave people. Yeah. Did we shy away because we were afraid that we would offend people? Yeah. And we don't have to talk about that little event that happened, but we did. I, I, I can generically say this. We apparently hit a nerve oh, with yes. one of our videos here recently yeah, and kind of got spanked a little bit. Yeah, we did. But you know, we we're, did. Not gonna, we're not going to hold things back because of that. No, no, We're no, going to no, continue no. To, to give God's word. And we're not we're not trying to be mean. You know, we, we talk, in fact, I even said this Wednesday night when we're talking in Proverbs 9 yeah. about the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the naive, the simple, and the and the and the lack of understanding how wisdom is calling to them. Oh, yeah. Also the 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 the, the foolish woman, the mm-hmm. simple minded woman, she's also calling. So that's temptation there. Yes. And uh, one of the things I brought out with uh, to them is that you know I'm going to answer to God. Yes. I said, you're going to answer to God too, but I'm going to answer to God for what I personally do with God's word. But then I've got a separate thing that I'll answer for. And that is that what did I give to you? Yes. And, uh, and that is true. I mean, I believe that. And, um, because I, we, we, in fact, that's part of Paul's admonition to Timothy in second Timothy four, that God is going to be the one who judges the living and the dead, mm-hmm. and he is the one that, in that context, says, "Preach the word." Preach the word. Preach the word. You know, and the because a time is going to come yep. when men will not endure sound doctrine, and we are living in those days. I oh, believe. absolutely! In fact, I really believe that the rapture of the church is much closer than what we ever thought, and uh, and so I, I, to me, that's exciting. Yes. Even though we see all these problems, we see the the, the, the church attendance going down across the board in America. Mm-hmm. And what is that? That's temptation. People yes. are tempted. They, they've been drawn away by their own desire. And, uh, and you know, that, that's how that happens. The enemy is subtle in how he works. And, uh, and people flocking to ministries that will tell them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's sad in one way. And, but what is our, what is, what is our job? Preach the word. Preach the word, and that's that's what we need to do. And yeah, we do, do get spanked sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they 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 uh, well, yeah, and uh, but we we will overcome with that situation. Yes, we will. And I know a lot of people. Are, well, what are you guys talking about? What? Are you? We well, gonna... I'm just I'm just going to say that one of our other podcasts got uh, uh, sidetracked because of. Um, the subject matter that we dealt with in that it uh, the somebody most likely complained but that's okay uh, we're just going to continue to go and we're going to get that back online uh, as well as soon as we can to get that worked out so don't worry about it yeah um, okay now the thing here is okay we looked at Jesus stuff but do you know you recognize the very first thing that Jesus that the devil t- 
tempted Jesus with was his appetites. Yes. And, you know, what we talked about, you know, when we're talking about temptation, I mean, really, what are we talking about? And uh, the the two primary things that every believer, it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man, mm-hmm. the two primary things that we are uh, tempted with are the two strongest drives we have in our body. Okay. And, uh, and one of them is appetite. You know, appetite for food, appetite for, you know, and that that and by the way, I think those things can be big temptations. I know I yeah. buy, I fight them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I do. I mean, yeah. I, and by the way, I'm not I'm not saying that somebody is overweight that they're going to go to hell. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, uh, no, no. But, no, but, no, but, but you know, I, you know, that's a real war. It's a war for me. It is. It, it can and, be a um, war because there's other things that feed into it and yes. and, and all that. But at, at the same time. Moderation, you know, yeah, moderation, moderation, and do do your best, do our best. But that is a temptation. Yes, it, it is. The other one is uh, a sexual desire. Yes, and it doesn't matter whether you're married or you're single. It doesn't matter whether you're old or you're young. Yeah, I I, I remember uh, an older minister uh, came to me, and this is a number of years ago, and. And I mean, a godly man. He had had a, a, a powerful ministry. He was attending our church, and and he just came to me, and he and he, he had tears in his eyes. Okay. And he said, Pastor, he said, I, I I'm just I'm ashamed of the way I acted. And I said, What are we talking about? And he said, Well, you know, I just kind of thought that lady in the church was interested in me. He hadn't done anything. No. Okay. But, but I'm just saying. So I thought that lady was interested in me, and. I just kind of made an idiot of myself, and I, I feel so ashamed. I've asked God to forgive me, and I'm asking you. And, and, and I remember this dude was 90, 93 or four. 93 years old? And or he's, four? he's thinking in terms of getting married again. His wife okay. has been gone for a while. He's like, uh, and uh, and I'm not accusing him of sexual lust. Don't misunderstand Abraham's what I'm saying. Age, really. but, but, what I, but what hit me was, and I told him, don't. Don't beat yourself up like that. Yeah, you know, or something like that. But he felt shame over it because he, you know, and, and I thought to myself, this dude is still dealing with what almost every man deals yeah, with. Yes, <laughs> and so you know, yes. but but, but it, he probably hadn't had those type of feelings for a woman in in a, in a long time. And he really and he wasn't thinking about that. He was thinking about she was interested in possibly marrying him, and of course she was very sweet. Yeah, and said, <laughs> but there are people that still actually go through the proper process of of getting to know somebody, yes. getting married, and then engage, and then taking yeah. care of those yeah. appetites. Shall we say? Say about sexual, uh, you know, uh, you know, when we talking about that issue, there, it's only sanctioned between <coughs> a man and a woman who's married. That's right. That's anything, what the Bible says. And, and anything, any kind of sexual behavior <coughs> outside of a man, and, and I hate to put it this way because we live in a weird world, but we have to say it, a biological man yes. and a biological, biological woman, woman, okay? Uh, any kind of sexual behavior outside of that marriage between those two mm-hmm. is sinful. Yes. And people will experience temptation for those kind of things, whether they're married or not. Okay. And 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 you can see that in some of the writings of Paul. Uh, right. let, let me uh, well, let's just look at this right here. Um, let's see. I tried to put these in order, but let me uh, mm-hmm. let me put this right here. Uh, this is where Paul talks about walking by the Spirit. Okay. And then he gets into these. Um, these uh, deeds or or works of the flesh. Okay. And notice, I, we we've talked about this when we talked about translations, that when we're talking about you know uh, translating for, whether from whether it's Hebrew or Aramaic or uh, because there's a little bit in Daniel in that mm-hmm. or Greek in the New Testament, biblical Greek. Okay. Um, um, word order is part of oh, it, of God breathed scripture. Sure. Uh, we believe that every word is inspired, every letter is inspired, yeah. every punctuation mark in the original language is inspired. Yes. And so as it relates to how that is translated into English, we have word order, and that's what people fight over. Yes. Okay. And so right here, it mentions, and by the way, this word order is no different. I don't care if you're in the King James, New King James, or New American Standard. Okay. This is, there is no variant here. 
All right. Okay. And uh, and he mentions, he said, the deeds of the flesh are evident immorality, immorality, impurity, sensuality. The first three. First three. Immorality, yeah. impurity, sensuality. Yeah. And then he goes on to idolatry, sorcery, and a few other. The point, what I'm saying is this, this order in the works of the flesh, and I believe there's eight basilisks by Paul yeah. in, in the New Testament, every one of them start with sexual sin. I because, think that means something. Well, I'm, I'm sure it does. And the, the, the fact that this is one of the most, and we're talking about appetite. God puts something within human beings when they're, you know, uh, you know, so like one person said, well, why did God give me this desire and not expect me to use it? Well, he expects you to use it in the proper context, yes, yes. according to what he says. And, and actually, you'd be smart to do so because people who have done so and not used it in its proper context have received the rewards in their own body as Romans yeah, Romans Ro one deals, with deals with that in that the homosexuality and uh, the AIDS, the HIV, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it out here because I think it really needs to be said, is that sin has its repercussions. Yes, it does. So when God is looking at us, telling us not to do it, really he's not trying to de deprive us of a good time. No. He knows that the end result of sin is death. Yes. And uh, and, and, and it has a payday, uh, and it is tragic. Uh, you know. Now, James, you know, now, uh, this, this is the James chapter 1. I think we need to, let's bring out some scripture here. It says, blessed in verse 12 and through 15. Blessed is the man who, or man or woman or whatever, who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life with uh, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God's not the tempter. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed then when desire or when actually in, in the king james it says when when uh, lust has conceived it brings forth sin and when sin when it is finished or full grown brings forth death it's a process here yeah and the very next thing he says is do not be deceived my beloved brethren and i know that also pertains what he's about to say about every good thing and, and, and every perfect gift is from above, but it also applies to this too. People, God doesn't tempt people. No. Uh, he is perfectly holy. He cannot be tempted by evil, and he's not going to use evil to tempt people. No. Um, and uh, But yet we are tempted. Let, let me read this in the New American Standard. Okay. Said, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Lust, your desire, you know, the appetite yeah. to do things. That, 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 and some of these appetites that we have are normal in the in the sense that we don't pervert them. Yes. When we pervert them, they become lust. They become they become something that we're tempted with. Yes. Um, and uh, he said, then when lust has conceived, notice the ideal of of of, of a woman giving birth here. Yes. When, when, uh, so, so when, when desire has been conceived, so when I'm tempted with something, there is a conception, just like a woman gets yes. pregnant. But there's also a time. Yes. You know, like a woman has what? Is it eight months? Nine months? Uh, ten months. Ten months. Ten. Okay. With with the baby growing inside of her, and then eventually gives birth. Yeah. So, so lust is not just, I get lust, oh, and I jump right at it. It may take time. It eats away at you. And, and this is how these, and, and by the way, I, I believe this process is the um, the ideal about how habitual sin okay. uh, is created, but it also can apply to other things. But notice that there is a conception. Lust has a conception. And, uh, and, and you know, and that's something that anyone who's, here today, especially women that may be listening to this, I mean, all women know how they get pregnant. All yes. men know how they, you know, there is a conception. 
And so what is what is that conception? I believe it's that first thought. Okay. That first exposure to something. If we were talking about pornography, it would be the first time that someone looks at it. Yeah. Okay, there is a conception, a thought that comes into the mind, and that thought, if it's not dealt with immediately, gives birth to something. Okay. And That's uh good. and uh and then That's and then when right. that sin is full grown, well then what uh, well let's just say the man looking at pornography, let's say a married man, he's just looking at it and looking at it and looking at it and he keeps on looking at it and it might be a year, it may be two years, it may be five or ten. You know what? That's gonna have an impact on him personally. Yes. But it's also gonna have an impact on his marriage. Yes. It's, and, it's and when it says that, it, when, it, when it eventually brings forth death, you, everybody thinks, well, it's going to kill the person. Not necessarily just kill the person. There's a lot of It's things. going to kill that marriage. Hey, depression is a form of death. Yes. Uh, and, and not just depression, oppression, the guilt that you would carry with that. Yes. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things before a person gets a divorce over pornography. Yeah. Or, or you know, their marriage just gets all chewed up. I mean, these things lead to all kinds of issues, and pornography is not the only. No, it's not the only thing, but but it's very prevalent in today's society. Very prevalent. I mean, they make it available on the internet, and uh, the the thing well, is, these little phones that we have right yeah. here has made it where teenagers and kids can get access to stuff that nobody should be looking at. No, no. And, uh, and I had a man one time tell me. Well, you know, I, I used to be in the Army, and I've been exposed to, to different people being killed, and, and I've been, you know, in, in, in a lot of the horrors of war, and uh, and so, you know, I can I can watch a lot of things on television, mm -hmm. and they don't bother me, and I told him, sir, you are deceived. Yes. If you believe that those things cannot affect you, that you can partake a famous minister. Oh, I don't know if I should say his name. Well, I, I'm going to, and I want everybody to understand. I'm not trying to be ugly with this. I am no. not trying to be judgmental. No. I heard the man say it myself. He said, "I spend just as Jimmy Swaggart." This was back in the either late '70s or very early '80s. Okay. He said, "I spend." hours looking at things on the television, things that I want to know what's going on in the world and what people are watching so that I'll know how to minister to people and, and do all that. You know, and I remember at the time he said this, I think I was probably, let's say I'm 56 right now, so I was probably 17 or 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. And even then I thought, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. It, you're exposing, you're feeding on things in the world. Now, listen to the, and television, television. Uh, over that period of time, I mean, from the beginning, as time went on, things have gotten more promiscuous, more yes, re, uh, exposed, shall we say, on television and all that, to where, I mean, even, and I'm it's not talking, you don't have to get on the internet and watch uh, blatant pornography. No, go no. on your television set and you see the sex being, the oh, simulated yeah. sex go acts going on. Yeah. You see people, the cussing, the swearing, the pornography, yes. the, and all this, and, and like you were saying. It that, has an impact. Yeah, I can watch under hours of television. Yeah, and then what happened in 1988? Yeah, and how much of that? I don't know how much of that contributed to that. Obviously, if you are going to the point, and I realize there are people that love Jimmy Swagger, so please don't misunderstand what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But these are factual things. But I'm not, we're we're talking you, about a person's you, ability to you sin. Go and see a prostitute. Yeah, I mean. Where do you have to be? I, I'm thinking in terms of myself. Where do you have to be as a minister of the gospel to get to the point to where you feel that you can do that? And by the way, it wasn't a one-time event because he got caught twice. He got caught twice. So the question is, how many times did he do it before he ever got caught the first time? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. But what I do know is that when we... 
when we put things before us that are sinful, it doesn't matter whether I'm reading it in a book, it doesn't matter whether I'm watching it on a DVD or I'm listening to it in music or I'm sitting there watching it on television, watching it on the internet. Yeah. I'm talking about if we're putting things there that God has said, this is sinful, this yeah. is wrong, come out from among them and be separate, and we're entertaining ourselves with that, it's going to have repercussions. Something is going to conceive. Something's conceived. Something now, is going to give birth, and yeah. something is going to bring forth death. You know, as I think about this, and you know, and uh, again, I want to state we're not. I mean, he repented. I believe that he repented, and he went on with his ministry. Now that we're not digging the hole for the gr no, uh, no, in the I, ground I, for not, this uh, minister, no, no, that's but at the same time, let's look. Let's. How about us take a step back and logically look through Scripture at the process of what happened here. I had a, I had a minister of the gospel that, uh, in fact, it was in this area, this is also years ago. In fact, I was pastoring my first church when I received the news. I was in Blanco, Texas. Okay. And I was very, very young, me and my wife, with our first church, and, uh, and I got the news that this particular minister had been arrested. Okay. That he had been having an affair with a woman and even got involved with a minor. And I remember, it, it hurt. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I knew this man. I knew him. In fact, I loved him. I mean, yeah. I, I'd, I'd preached in his church before. Yeah. And uh, it's just something I didn't see. I mean, I wasn't around him enough. And, you know, and, and the sad thing about it was about two years after that, I remember he was sitting uh, on the church uh, steps with me. And I, you know, I'm not gonna say his name, but that's not important. Uh, and I said, you know, I'll just call him brother. And I said, brother, I said, look, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm -mm. But what led to this? Yeah. What, what, I mean, what were, what was happening in your life that led you to this place? And you know, I don't know if he, I, we've been honest or not. But he looked at me and said, I've been asking myself that question and I can't figure it out. I'm going to say something right now that's going to sound hard. Okay. That was a man who was deceived. Yeah. Deception. If you can't figure out how you got here and got all jacked up like that, yeah. then you got a bigger problem than what you did. Wow. And you don't have a means uh, uh, or a method to stop doing it. No, no. And, and, and I mean, I, I didn't say that to him, but I, I remember, I, I just thought to myself, God, what a, what a, if you really don't know what led here, led you to this place? Oh, that's, that's sad. Oh, man. I mean, that is deception. Because, it is, it's because deception. see, sin, I mean, right here in James, it says, but each one is tempted when he is Drawn, carried away, right? enticed by his own lust, and when lust has conceived, you you got to know where that's at. You got to know what that that what, is. What was what were you exposed to? That there was a conception, sin conceived, lust conceived, lust conceived, and then and yeah. then and then see that's my point. If you can catch people at this point, if you can catch yourself at this point, sure, and realize something, it's easier to deal with here. Conception, the conception part of lust is easier to deal with in stopping it. Yes. When it gives birth to sin, it gets a little harder. When it gets full grown, it's a it's a monster. Now so, I'm not yeah. saying that there's yeah. I don't want people to think, oh well I'm saying it's hopeless. I'm not no, saying no, that yeah, because no. the answer is the same every time. First of all it's repentance. Repentance. And then it is doing what Psalm 119 talked about in I believe verse 9 how shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to your word your word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against, against you, you. Yeah. that's the answer to all temptation on how to overcome it yeah um, and uh, and that's a process by the way that's not an overnight deal no 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 and uh, and then and, you know we we were even talking before that you know if, if it like say pornography it, if a person just can't stop looking at it, 
you know, and, and if, if getting rid of your computer is not the answer, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It might have been the answer a, a, a 20 years ago, but, but it's not today because most people have to have a computer uh, for work and other, other things. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I could live without one, I suppose, but how would I access my email? That's of my use. But I mean, you see, is, it's that internet. It's yeah. the internet that you know your computer is clean when it comes. Uh, it's when you start connecting to the network, and then yes. you start uh, dialing into the. Well, you don't dial in, but well, I mean, you know, you click into these things, and then, uh, yeah. But you got to. But, but so obviously, you need accountability. Accountability. You know, that's yeah. that part of what you change. Yeah, that's and just I, I one to another. You okay, I, I want to deal with the different methods of of how to avoid sin. But we're, we're, before we get there, I, I want to draw a couple of things out and make a couple of points. Now, we, we mentioned swagger before and the, the, the situation here, but the ramifications of his sin were big. Humongous. Humongous. You see, his ministry was one, in a, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the biggest contributors to the missionary movement and the assemblies of God. His, his ministry alone uh, fully funded the whole missions endeavor in El Salvador. Wow. And I know this because when I took a trip to El Salvador, the superintendent of the, uh, of the El Salvadorian uh, assemblies of God there told us about the problems they had after the fall, because they said we went from being fully funded to nothing, and mm -hmm. we learned a lesson that we need to be diversified. <laughs> he said it was it was a hard lesson to learn, but they were very thankful. But I mean, you understand all the missionaries, every missionary that was in El Salvador, the, the Swaggers Ministry fully funded them. They didn't have to go raise money for anything. No, just gave it to them. Said go, go. But you see, all these missionaries were getting the gospel out. People's yes. lives were being changed. People were being ministered to. People were being saved, of course. Yeah. Um, and all that. And then all of a sudden, one event, well, maybe two, okay, but whatever. But sin cut off the funding and cut off that stream to those missionaries that so desperately needed those funds to continue their ministry. Yeah, what, what became a blessing to them turned into a curse. Yeah. Because they had to stop everything they did. They had to all come back to the States. Everybody did. And what they had to do, they had to start. Some of these people have been over there for years. I mean, a long time. Yeah. And, and I'm not faulting by the swagger in that. No. Moment. But what we are saying is this, is that no matter whether we're talking about me or you or anybody else that's listening or watching this, sin has consequences. Yes. You, no man sins to himself. It, it, it's going to affect other people. And exactly. obviously, the more grave the sin, the more impact it will have. Yes. And, uh, it's a life lesson. It's a, uh, uh, you know, a lesson that we can look at. And if we logically look at it, we can just step back and look at it. We see what the ramifications of sin are. So wouldn't it be good for us to do everything that we can as Christians to avoid that conception of sin? Yes, it would. It, as much as is humanly possible, and obviously uh, God is able yes. uh, to help us in this matter. He is faithful. Remember, he's faithful uh, that he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to. Uh, you know, to bear, but he'll make a way for us to escape. So, so he has promised in his word, he has promised us that he will make a way of escape. I want to, I want to mention one thing here, pastor. And I, what, what, one, one thing that really has, uh, is, is we have, we had discussed this before. I don't have, we don't have the exact percentages, but you, you had indicated that you had seen a letter that had gone out to pastors. I'm tr going to try to go around this so that we're not implicating things or anything. But uh, a letter that had gone out, reaching out to ministers. Yeah, these were mailed out to 
Well, uh, to be honest with you, they were mailed out to every credentialed minister in the Assemblies of God. It didn't matter what level of credentialing you were at. And I'm not I'm not saying that what they they did was wrong. Yeah, don't don't start getting. Yeah, yeah. What we want to avoid is your suspicion saying, "Oh, is my." I, I don't. But but what we're we're making a point here. So they were le- they were sent out to ministers. So what? Just roughly the what they basically gave you a phone number. Uh, it might have even included an email. I can't remember. I remember. I thought it was strange when I got it. Sure. And uh, but but it, but it would, basically we're saying there's we have when there being so much uh, access to pornography, so much access, and we know a lot of people have these problems. We just want to make sure all our ministers know that there is a uh, basically an eight hundred number hotline where you can call in about any problem you may be having like this and that would be kept confidential in other words you know somebody's not going to spread all that around and and, and it was it was under the guise of accountability of course and, and, and I'm not saying I'm against that and uh, but the the odd thing that I thought about at the time is how big of a problem is this if our assemblies of God mailed out a letter to every credential minister and I suspect that other fellowships did the same thing yeah Wow, that that's that's big. you you ask yourself, and this is the question that I had that it came to my mind. How many ministers do we have standing behind pulpits that are regularly consuming of internet pornography? I don't know that there's any way we can know it, but knowing the condition of the church, the absence of people getting healed. Uh, Be careful how I word it. It does make one wonder, because God can't use that. God can't That's work gonna through that. That's going to stop the flow of the anointing of the Holy yes, Spirit. Yes, yes. It, it's going to have an impact on it. And, and I know people struggle and they repent. I get that. Sure. But everything has an impact. And, uh, and, and it just, and then you have others that don't even struggle. They just gave up. Yeah. And that's even worse. Um, you know, it, it's, I, you know, I, what I was going to say earlier, and, and I don't, and I'm not accusing, uh, maybe I shouldn't, I'm, I'm just going to say it because I thank God for it. I think it's his grace and his blessing, his mercy. It has nothing to do with me. I want to make it abundantly clear. Okay. We've had people with serious cases of COVID. Yes. We have had people struck down with cancer, the kind that kills you. Yes. And the one thing that we have not had is not one single person was, at, not one of them died. That, that's, they either that's, got that's healed fantastic. or they overcame it. Yes. And that, that is true today. And uh, and I have heard horror stories all over the oh. nation. Oh, oh and, yeah. And, in churches and yes. people dying. And I'm not saying that that's because they were looking at pornography. No, 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 no. But I will tell you right now, I don't look at pornography. No. You know, anybody wants to, I give you this challenge. You can dig in my computer and see if you can find it. It's not there. That's right. And and mine is a, for the better sake of a virgin computer, there's nothing on that thing. Yeah. And there's never, ever going to be anything on that thing. No. Because that's sinful. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. No. And, and again, I, I what I don't want people to do is start going out there and saying, oh my, is he, is he, pastor, are you looking at porn? I, no, 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 no. But you see, the thing is, this is a problem. This is a big problem in our country or, well, anywhere that you can access the internet. And yeah, and all of that is a temptation that appeals to sexual lust. And by the way, there's not one person on this planet that's an adult that doesn't have a God-given desire to eat food and have sex. That's true. Okay, so that should be done in the confines on how God says to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there can't be other temptations, yeah. but what I'm saying, those are the two primary things, and we see that. It manifests itself on our television, on on the things that we see on the Internet. I'm not yes. even talking about pornography now. I'm, to, I'm talking about the kind of books that are written. Yes. And, uh, and you know, and, and going <clears throat> back to that issue with Brother Swaggart, the impact of what happened there was so devastating to me, it completely changed who I listened to, yeah, 
who I followed, books that I read, and in other words, it, it almost got down to the point where it's got a little better now, but I used to say it this way. The only people that I follow, yeah. they all have one thing in common. They're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> and and they didn't jack their life up in some way. Yeah. So they ain't going to stand now. I ain't got to worry about it. No. And so a lot of these people, that's that's the only type of ministry I would listen to. I branched out a little bit more now. And one of the reasons why is it traumatized me at the time. Yes, yes, yes. I I, 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 I remember. Unbelievable. I had, a, well, and I'll just kind of be very generic. I had a couple of good friends uh, back out in California when I was going to college during that time. Well, actually, it was after college. I had graduated in 86. But the, the thing is, is that when that happened, one of those friends who was, I mean, he was, on fire, we would meet, we would talk about God, we would talk about what his plans were for the future. <laughs> he was going to go into the ministry. It devastated his life. He never went into the ministry. He turned about and said, no, I don't want any of this. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and the, the, the thing here is, and I'm not, you know, and we're not over here trying to lay the guilt down on Swagger. I mean, any one of us could have been in that position. If we did the things that if he did. If we did the things there. that he did. Yeah. And, and, and know, went through or make, allowed or busted or conceived or whatever. I mean, the problem yeah. isn't that he went and saw a prostitute. The problem existed a long time before that. A long time that. ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know what all those things were, but he didn't. It, it's it's sort of like an example I've used. You don't just go up to the Seven Eleven and a woman come up to a man and say, "Hey, would you like to come to my house and have sex with me?" And all of a sudden, you go do it. Uh, it first of all, that's not the way that works. No. Uh, there's things that led up to both of their lives to get to the place to where she could ask him that and that he would receive that. Yeah. I mean, that is not that's not an accident. That's not a fluke thing. That's not the way that works. No. There are things that we've entertained ourselves with, we've been exposed to. Yes. And some of these things that we've been exposed to, maybe not even our fault, like children who are sexually molested. I understand. Sure. They they can get an inordinate affection yeah. that could turn into something else. Well, not well what do we see that with that? When when we see sexual abuse on children, what are the ramifications of that? Where what do we see in our society? Well, I mean, I, I honestly it's hard pressed to find anybody involved in homosexuality that was not abused in some way as a child yeah sexually yes and uh and that is one of the things that people are not born in that way no i don't care what i don't care God how I many said, of that yeah we're not born don't that have way, any clue. okay yeah um yeah you know it's uh but but a lot of what we see comes out of that is that yes yeah, some kids uh, if it's a boy being, you know, molested sexually by a man or maybe by a, a youth or something of that nature, mm -hmm. then, then you see uh, homosexual feelings. Sometimes that develops into homosexuality. And then with girls, it can also develop into homosexuality or it can develop into people being very promiscuous. Promiscuous, yeah. Once again, in order desire, it depends on was a woman, did they do it or a man? Did they do it? And some of these people that are sexually abused end up, not all, but some end up abusing their own children or yeah. other children. It, it, it carries from generation yeah, to generation. A, and that, yeah, that, that's the yeah. iniquity thing. That, yeah, iniquity. That is, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and okay. And you see, you see what, I, what I'm seeing here today, Pastor, is we've talked about temptation in the conception. We've talked about the ramifications of that of giving in to that temptation and how, how far it can take, how far it can go. Um, when you're talking about the you know the the, the children that uh, whether they're being uh, late or they're promiscuous, they get a perversion yes of what healthy sexual relations are. Yes, and that's what it is. It's a it's a perversion of it. it the, the, the word inordinate is, it, it, that's what it means. It means a perversion. It's a, a twisted re, form of reality of what uh, sex should be. In other words, God's the one that made Adam different than Eve. Yeah. He made them so uniquely different so that they would become one flesh. Yes. 
and there's a purpose. It's it's not just procreation. That is a purpose. Of okay. That. But it's also that they could enjoy that. Yes. But that was meant to be between them with each other, and there's nobody that's supposed to be added to that little number. Okay. All righty. Okay. So I think now let, let me, what I'm going to say here is I'm going to say that we're, we're, this is a journey yes. that we're taking in this subject. We're, we're, this is just the tip of yeah. what we're going to deal with. And we're going to go on and we're going to have, uh, I think we're going to continue our podcasts on this. And we're going to, what I, what I really want to get at is I want to get at the question, can a Christian avoid sinning? Can a, and, and now not only can a Christian avoid sinning, but what are some things that the Bible helps us understand that we need to do and practice in our own Christian lives to help us avoid sinning? Now, we're already, we've extended an hour already here because with all of this, there's, as I said, I knew this was going to grow into a big subject matter and uh, we're going to continue this. Now, um, Next week, well, we're 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 gonna we're gonna be in Hawaii next week, so uh, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, and uh, we 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 may carry one. I'm gonna see if we can get one going, a podcast through Zoom. But what I think we ought to do next week is kind of cool it down and maybe talk about personal idols. Yeah. Uh, when we're in Hawaii, there is a, which is which is just amazing. There is there is still idolatry going on, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, we got we got a good taste of that. We got a good uh, eye opening experience the last time we went to Hawaii six years ago. Then I'm over here going, whoa! You mean the people people still are kind of you know paganistic? And I'm saying, whoa! But anyway, Hawaii is a wonderful place. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wonderful food. Unless there's but, volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing, yeah, unless you get a, into a volcano. But at the same time, uh, maybe we'll deal with that. If we can get the Zoom going uh, over the, uh, for next week, we'll deal with maybe uh, personal idols. But when we come back in two weeks' time, I want to begin and we're going to, uh, to go ahead and let's deal with temptation. From and the standpoint of, uh, of avoiding sin. Of avoiding and by the way, sin. the answer to that question is yes. Yes. We can avoid sin. Yes. And, uh, and you know, and we, and one of the things that dawned on me is what we talked about, because it's hard to explore a topic to the fullest degree in a one-hour time. Oh, absolutely. It's not. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's very difficult. But I, I don't want people to feel hopeless. No. Because no matter where you're at in the journey, no matter whether it's habitual sin that's been going on for decades, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether, you know, I mean, people struggle. And, and you know, and this is one of the things I try to offer hope for people yes. because I think a lot of people leave church because they just, I just can't quit singing. Yeah. And they get frustrated. Well, I so have we, never, I do not hear, you do not hear pastors or ministers or TV evangelists or whatever talking about how, um, how these are some practical yes. ideals of how you can avoid sinning and how, you know, in the things that you need to do to in, in your Christian life that will help so you can combat this thing and you don't have to sin. No, you don't. And, uh, and there are, God has given a remedy to this and it's not just in one portion of scripture, but, you know, one of the things I want to, give an advice to anybody that if this rings true with you and you're saying, man, I just really want to stop doing this. Uh, you know, fight, if, if it's that hard in the sense that you just can't seem to overcome it, no matter what you do, get, get someone you can trust, get with your pastor, yes. maybe your youth pastor, if you're younger and just, just be brutally honest. Yes. And say I'm struggling with this. Would you pray with me about this? Yeah. Would you, can I can I talk to you about this? Would you come and ask me some hard questions? Mm-hmm. I've done this. I've done this with young men before. They said, I mean, I just can't quit doing the things I'm doing. One of them, a young man, this is a number of years ago, listened to porn. I said, Well, you understand what I'm going to do for you. Every time I see you in church, I'm going to ask you if you've done anything that you shouldn't have done. Okay. And you're either going to do one or two things. You can tell me yes you're or no. Lie <laughs> yeah, I go and I... say no. But if you don't, I need you to say yes. I need you to say, yeah, Pastor, I did. 
And and what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the scripture and we're going to look at it. And I'm not going to condemn you. No. I'm going to help you. Yeah. And uh, and, and you know, sometimes that's what it takes. it takes. And by the way, accountability is not just for people who are having habitual sin. No. Accountability is good for anybody. You need to have somebody in your life that you can be brutally honest with. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's and me. And honesty, I mean, what you're saying there, honesty is is probably a, a, one of the first steps in the journey. You've got to be honest that you have an issue. Yeah, you, you, have, to, you, you have to come to that conclusion. And a lot of what you'll find out when you get accountability is you'll find out you're not alone in the battle. No, there's so you're, many you're people gonna, going through so many you. things. And, and, you know, and the good news about that is if somebody overcame it, so can you. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's the good news about it. Well, Jesus he, said, I have overcome the world. He said, yeah. and he said, and he has given us the promise that we can overcome. Yes. Um, okay, so, all righty. So in two weeks' time, we're going to take this back up. Um, and uh, so, y'all, and again, uh, make sure, I mean, the pastor was saying, if you can talk to your pastor, now, if you don't have a pastor that you can confide in or, or won't even bother with you or give you the time of day, you're in the go, wrong church. You're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church. You need to find somebody that's going to actually work with you. And, and to help you and actually has a, a heart for people and to help them live a good Christian and uh, life before God. All righty, enough. Okay, we're going to have to wind this up. God bless you all for listening. We, uh, we're, we appreciate you tuning in. Keep us in prayer as we go, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be, uh, hopefully be at you next week with one on, on individual or, or personal idols. Personal and we're going to talk about that next week. Anyway, God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful week in, in the Lord. Bye-bye.